Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God and to stir in us a greater heart after God as well. We are in our exciting series. I'm excited. I, I'm not only excited to, to teach and preach, but I am learning so much as well. I just love the Gospel of Luke. I love all the Gospels. And why Luke? I don't know. I just felt sensed, led, felt or sensed that the Holy Spirit was leading me uh, to preach through this Gospel. We are in what is called the Know Your Faith series so that we can know the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and know uh, what He is expecting of us to understand the importance of the Christian faith. Uh, to work together for the salvation of many and the, the advancement of the gospel and the building of the church and the advancement of his kingdom. These are just some of the things that we're trusting the Holy Spirit to accomplish through these messages. Again, if you are being blessed by these messages, please uh, share them with others. Tell others about this ministry as well. And particularly for those of you, I, I don't mention this very often. I think I need to mention it more often. But for those of you who are listening through podcast or however you're listening, whether you're in Latin America or Canada or Cuba or the Caribbean or Europe or Africa, friends, this ministry, I don't get paid for this. And um, the only way that I make a living is through uh, fi the financial partnership of others. And so would you consider partnering with me financially? All you have to do is go to my website at bradably.com. Uh, that's B-R-A-D, Brad, uh, next word, Abley, A-B as in boy, L-E-Y.com. And when you go to that website, there's a giving link and it should be simple enough to give from there. Um, I don't make a lot of money as a minister of the gospel. And if I, so I'm being honest with you and I need more financial partners. I need the favor of God financially uh, to be paid for uh, broadcasting the gospel every week. And it's not just on Voice of Hope Africa, but I have a a broadcast ministry where I minister in a region of, of Uganda called Kamuli. And my broadcast there is a different broadcast. It airs on the local FM radio station. I don't get paid for that either. And then you'd be partnering with me for all the work that I do in Kenya and in Uganda, where I will spend an entire week teaching and training village pastors who are poor, who don't have any access to biblical teaching or training or pastoral training. I go there and teach them how to study scripture, how to interpret scripture in the fruit and in the power of the Holy Spirit. But I do a lot of evangelistic uh, preaching there as well at a very large high school and college, which is about 2,500 people at a large uh, high school, at uh, a local prison, in local churches, and then even at the orphanage that I've been working to uh, to fund financially. Uh, so for example, this orphanage called Bright Hope Open 
uh, when the first time I went there in three years ago, they had nothing. It was, it was a shame how these children were barely fed. There was no building to meet in. And I could go on and on and on. I don't want to take too much time away from the broadcast, but that's one of the things that I love to do. And that is to minister to orphans, to, to supply them with finances and buildings and water wells and mosquito nets and goats and mattresses and all of these things that, that I've been blessed to do, not only with this orphanage, but one in Siaya, Kenya, that I would like to do more for. I enjoy being with the orphans and ministering to them and ministering to the staff of teachers that teach them as well. All these things take money. I have to raise my own money to be able to go to Kenya and to go to Uganda. But frankly, I'm not satisfied with just going to those two places. I've got uh, invitations to go to other places in Kenya. I've got an invitation to minister to pastors in Tanzania. There are many other areas that I'd like to go to and minister and I'm willing to go but it's money that keeps me uh, from being able to accept those invitations. I once heard a, uh, someone say that the gospel is free, but it's not cheap. And, um, and so if you would uh, prayerfully consider partnering with me financially, or even maybe you might know somebody that can partner with me financially as well, and you could share these broadcasts with that person uh, really, friends, I'll take all the help that I can get. But you'll never hear me begging for money. You're not going to hear me asking for money uh, every single broadcast. It's just not my heart. It's not my nature. I, I want to stick to the preaching of the gospel. And yet, the reality is this, that I don't have one benefactor uh, or two benefactors or three benefactors. I'm in the place where I have to let the needs uh, be known, but I am praying behind the scenes all the time for the Lord uh, to meet our needs and to do even beyond that so that we can meet the needs of others. I actually, when I go and do these week-long conferences, I will give, uh, sometimes with the pastors in Uganda, I've given up to $700 for their their food, their, that is their lunch during uh, the day and, and meals at night. I've given up to $500 for of my own money for pastors in uh, Kenya. I love to give. I love to be generous, but sometimes I need uh, those who will give to me as well. I hope you understand that. I hope you uh, hear my heart and can pick up the, the sincerity within my spirit before the Lord, because everything that I do, whether it's teaching or asking for financial partnership, everything is I'm going to be held accountable to the Lord for it all. All right, let's stop. I did. I gave uh, took too much time, more time than I wanted to in that. Let us pray and let's get into the Word. There's nothing like getting into the Word of God. So join me in prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We thank you for the Word of God. We thank you for this radio broadcast. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the risen Lord Jesus. We thank you that there is great power in the teaching and the preaching of the word. 
we ask now for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let these words go out and find hungry hearts that will be changed and transformed instantly into the image of Jesus for the glory of the Father and the Son and the upbuilding of your church and the evangelization of the lost. These things we ask now with faith in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, this is part 21 of our verse-by-verse uh, -verse study in the Gospel of Luke called the Know Your Faith series. Today, we are going to pick up Again, uh, we're going to look at verses 16 and forward. So let's look at verse 16 of, of Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John answered and said to them all, As for me, I baptize you, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who is mightier than I, and I am not fit to untie the thong of his sandals, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We talked about that last week. And then verse 17, his winnowing fork is in his hand to thoroughly clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. There are probably two meanings to this. First and foremost, certainly, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is meant to purge sin out of our lives. That's what John's focus was in his preaching, was the repentance of people. That is the focus of Jesus in his, in his preaching. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Or repent and believe the gospel. And there's no growth without repentance. But the Holy Spirit's role is to cleanse us from our sin and conform us into the image of Jesus. That is the first uh, point, the first focus and reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But it also may have to do with those who reject the gospel and they are going to be rejected themselves. They are going to be treated, treated as chaff from uh, that is, you know, a, a farmer in those areas would uh, take his his pitchfork, his winnowing fork, and and dip into the wheat, throw it up in the air, and the wind would separate the part of the wheat that was not edible, which is called the chaff. There is going to be a judgment. There is going to be a judgment day. And the sheep will be separated from the goats. Those who have rejected uh, faith in Jesus Christ will spend an eternity in hell apart from him. And that will be their choice, my friends, not the choice of the Lord. The Lord is at work in the life of every single human being throughout the earth to bring them to repentance. That is the ministry of of the Holy Spirit as well. You can read about it in John 16 and verses 7 through 11. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. We, let's talk a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. He, is. he is the third person of the Godhead. And he is gentle like a dove, which is what we'll read about 
in Luke 3, verse 22, he loves us with the same love that the Father and the Son loves us, uh, love us with. You can find that in Romans 15, verse 30. He leads us and he guides us. Acts chapter 13 and verse 2 and 4 and, and Romans 8 and verses 3 through 15. He teaches us. He is our teacher. Uh, John 14, verse 26 and John 15 and verse 13. He is, along with the Father and the Son, the creator of all that exists. You can see that in Genesis 1, 2 and in Isaiah chapter 40 as well. He is infinitely holy as his name signifies. He is the Holy Spirit. When he encounters flesh, sin must, must be purged. Fire is that purifying agent. And the symbol of fire itself, it shows our desperate condition and our, ur uh, our urgent need of purification. So we see many symbols to describe the Holy Spirit. That is, he is, he is invisible to us. And so the biblical writers use symbols to describe who he is and his work. I'm looking out in back of my home. There is a, a pond of water, and that is one of the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Fire is a symbol. So the, the water uh, brings life. Water is life. You can't have life without water. And so that symbol of the Holy Spirit speaks of his life-giving power, uh, also of his cleansing. The same thing with fire. It It is a picture of his presence and of his purging work and his refining work to conform us into the image of Jesus. And it, there's a symbol of oil, which is anointing and ability and ref, uh, uh, refreshment and renewal. There's the symbol of the dove, which which speaks of him as gentle. You know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, which the Greek word means humility. And that humility is a part of the Holy Spirit. And it's what he produces in our life as well. And that he is the Holy Spirit reminds us that through his indwelling, you and I, who name the name of Jesus, we are new creations with a brand new born-again spirit. That means we have entered into a new life through the sovereign indwelling and operation of God, the Holy Spirit. Every time we learn something from the word, that is, that is evidence of his activity in our lives. Every time we move in joy, that's evidence of his activity, his fruit. Every time we move in peace, that is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in us. Every time we move in love, that's evident of the fruit and work of the Holy Spirit. You see how, how much we need the Holy Spirit. And we're going to see that especially in the life of the sinless Messiah and the Son of God, how he did everything through the ability and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and of the Father. What a joyful thing to study uh, the person of the Holy Spirit. 
And the life that the Holy Spirit gives us is infinitely superior compared to anything that you and I have ever experienced. Listen, my friends, food and drink represent the simple joys of this life, even though it's it's fraught with sin and corruption. But my friends, let me tell you this. God, the Holy Spirit, ushers us into a new kingdom and a new way of living. As we read in Romans 14 and verse 17, which says that the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Uh, Bringing righteousness instead of sin, peace instead of turmoil, and joy instead of the sorrows that are inherent in this fallen sinful world where man's kingdoms only bring pain and where his greatest joys are temporary. They only last for a short time. And so, my friends, you and I need more of the Holy Spirit. As we're going to learn later in uh, Luke, Jesus says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask for him? Let's just stop and pause right now and and do that very thing. Father, we need more of the Holy Spirit. We need you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. We need uh, to be sensitive to your presence. We need to, to recognize your work at at all around us and in us as well. We need more of your power. We need more of your fruit. And we ask, Father, that you would give us more and more and more of the Holy Spirit. Let us be men and women who are led by the Holy Spirit, anointed by the Holy Spirit, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. And let it always be the result, let the result always be that Jesus would be glorified because the Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus and never to himself. We thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, uh, let's go on. Luke tells us in verse 18, so with many other exhortations, oh, this is an interesting word, With many other exhortations, he, that is John the Baptist, preached the gospel to the people. Now, it's interesting that he uses this word exhortations. It's an unusual word in the New Testament. It means to shake violently. That is, is how the people, when John the Baptist preached, be saved from this perverse generation, repent and believe the gospel, it came across to them like a violent shaking. And what that means is when they heard John the Baptist preach, they understood the sense of urgency to get right with God. And John the Baptist had credibility because they saw that this man was different. They saw in his countenance and in his words, a great relationship with the triune God. And as a result, many of them repented. And so there's a sense of urgency because every believer is under the judgment of God. But 
Notice also in verse verse 18, so with many other exhortations, he preached the gospel to the people. Now, while my friends, while while we, every believer, I'm sorry, every unbeliever, every unsaved person stands underneath the wrath and the judgment of God, that is where the gospel comes in, which says to us that God already judged Jesus for your sin and my sin. The gospel is great good news of a history-making event or a life-changing event. And that's what happened to me when I received the gospel of Jesus Christ back in 1980. My life changed immediately. And I began to know God and love God and love his word and, and love his people and share the gospel with others. And my life has never been the same since. Why? Because I received great good news that my sins had been forgiven, that I was no longer under the judgment of God, that that I had eternal life, and I knew why I was created. I knew the one who created me, and I began to know him, uh, and I know him better than I ever have 30 years later, and yet I stand in greater need of him as well. Well, the reality is not not everyone, the, the, the heart of man is so wicked that that someone can receive a can 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 be offered the free gift of eternal life and reject it, refuse it. That is a shocking thing. But if they do refuse the offer of eternal life that comes through Jesus Christ, and they spend an eternity in hell because of it, they cannot blame God. They cannot blame God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit. They have only themselves to blame because they have chosen to keep themselves out of heaven. Well, this is the case with um, Herod in verse 19. Luke tells us in verse 19 of Luke 3, but when Herod the Tetrarch, this is a, a someone who governed about a fourth of the area uh, of the Roman Empire. When Herod the Tetrarch of the Roman Empire in, in the land of Israel, I should say, when Herod the Tetrarch was reprimanded by John because of Herodias, his brother's wife, and his brother's name was Philip, and because of all the wicked things which Herod had done, Herod also added this to them all. He locked John up in prison. What did John do? John rebuked Herod and said, you have stolen your own brother's wife and you have made her your own wife. You are an adulterer and you need to repent. Well, John wasn't saying anything different to anybody else in Israel. He was calling them to repent of all of their sins, and Herod didn't escape that preaching either. Now, John didn't rail against Herod. John preached with love. He preached with with a heart of redemption, but Herod didn't want to repent of his sin. Herod loved his sin 
more than he loved the truth. And who knows, to this day, Herod might be in hell. It's likely that he is. Maybe in the mercy of God, he got saved at the last second. We don't know. But one thing we do know is it is a it is a very frightful thing for someone to hear the truth of the gospel and still refuse to repent. Where are you at, my friends? Have you repented of your sin? Are you willing to humble yourself and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Or will you insist on being your own ruler, just like Herod, harden your heart against the Lord Jesus Christ and spend an eternity weeping and gnashing of teeth or in outer darkness or in flames. Those are metaphors that Jesus used to describe the horrifying aspect of hell in contrast to eternal joy and love and purpose that is offered in heaven. You must decide, my friend. God will help you to decide. In fact, he will give you the grace and the faith to repent of your sin, but he will not force you into his kingdom. He didn't force me either. He gave me the grace and the faith to repent of my sin, and by that grace, I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior back in 1980. My life has not been the same. What about you? What are you going to do about the fact that Jesus died for you? Will you receive him today? Will you repent of your sins this moment? I'm going to offer to pray with you and for you right now. But you must be ready. And if you are, I want you to pray these words with me. Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ, I have not lived my life for you, Lord Jesus. I need you. And I'm asking you to become my Lord and Savior. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that I belong to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for forgiving me of my sin by your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are making me a brand new creation. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have now given me eternal life. And no matter what the cost, I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen and amen. Until next week. This is Pastor Brad Abley with a Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry.